Kifa. Okay, welcome to Move Left Idiots, a progressive talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterullo, joined by my co-host, as always, LaDonna Loki. LaDonna, how you doing? Not too bad, but probably not as good as you after that little tweet took off earlier today. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like pseudo-Twitter famous. Um, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I hit record this time, so we're off to a good start, uh, unlike <laughs> last time. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So... Let's just get right into it because uh, I got a lot of thoughts about the State of the Union. I've got some thoughts. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so did you watch the State of the Union? I remember you were you were boycotting. I did not. I boycotted. I That man's ego is so tied into ratings. I mean, so much so that he lied about ratings afterwards. But I knew it was going to be all about how his ratings were. So there was no fucking way I was going to allow him to get that. So... Yeah, I was with the uh, the boycott people. Um, I read the transcript here and there. You know, I saw snippets, um, you know, videos and stuff uh, of certain moments. But no, I did not watch it live. Well, you you really missed out because. Uh, <laughs> did you give him the ratings? Did you do it, Anthony? You're I a did. I, 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 I did give him the ratings. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, the the whole thing is he's gonna fucking lie about the ratings no matter what because he already you know I mean <laughs> and he like, did yeah. Yeah, he, he tweeted the next day, oh, you know, 40-something million people watch biggest ratings for a State of the Union ever. No, no, there's been, like, <laughs> four bigger, you know, initial State of the Union, so, like, whatever. But, uh, so, the speech itself, I mean, I'm sure you've you've seen excerpts and read through the transcript of it. Yes. Uh, maybe the most blatantly racist State of the Union speech I've ever heard. I mean, it, uh, I would say actually for sure that I've ever heard. And and fascist and, yeah, yeah. Lots, lots of other things. Um, yeah, coded language and, yeah, I, I don't even... <laughs> so, and we'll, 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 break, we'll break it down a little bit and get into it, but just the coverage of the speech itself kind of amazed me uh, after the fact. As, as predicted, um, a bunch of fucking idiots on cable news were like, oh, my God, he was... You know, he, 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 he had a presidential delivery, and he, it was a call for unity. I'm like, even fucking New York Times, like the next day, the headline was like, Trump uh, calls for bipartisanship, or calls for unity in, in State of the Union speech. I'm like, what the fuck? Did, did, did we watch the I same speech? Like, I wanted to stab myself hearing about all of that and seeing bits of it, like you knew it was going to happen, right? You knew it was just going to be like, this is, you know, the first moment he's presidential, that same kind of shit. And you knew it and you knew, you know, th there were people writing a speech for him that these were not going to be his words at all. He might have some influence over it, but, but these weren't going to be his words. And sure, he can fucking read a speech off a teleprompter. That does not make you a good person and doesn't mean a damn word you say. No. And, you know, the, the speech was it was clearly not written by him. Like you were saying, it was written by uh, Gargamel impersonator Stephen Miller, his one of his uh, <laughs> his lackeys uh, and, and who's like also super racist, by the way, he's a Bannon protege. Yeah. And, and just 
you know, we'll, we'll get into some of the individual claims and things made into it, but I, I just fucking, I, I was just seething, like watching this thing. I'm like, who the fuck? Like, I mean, at, the one craziest thing uh, to me was when he talked about uh, family reunification, what they call chain migration. Uh-huh. Um, he just totally fucking lied about what it actually is. Like he, he's like, well, you know, th- through chain migration, uh, uh, people are are, are uh, bringing distant relatives in. What you know, like you know. Try oh, there to... was a great person on Twitter about talking about that because somebody was claiming, oh, they bring their cousins and aunts and uncles and whatever. And, oh, I saw this. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm a fucking immigration lawyer. Yeah, the guy's like, oh no, you're like... lying, and she's like, I'm a fucking immigration lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I might know. Um, but but no, but she pointed out very helpfully that no chain migra- chain immigration. Well, that which is like the racist kind of term for it uh like anchor baby it's it's actually you know uh, people refer to it as family reunification is literally just that people can sponsor immediate relatives spouses children parents not like your fucking third cousin you know <laughs> who lives five towns over you can't it and it's not that like oh they're automatically granted uh citizenship or a path in they're extremely vetted it's like it's an even tougher process than regular citizenship it's like i don't know what the fuck it's just it's just fear-mongering bullshit meant to put the image in into your head of a bunch of brown people streaming across the border you know like trying to take your stuff take what's yours what you worked for that whole bullshit it's just literally the oldest fucking play in the in the playbook and uh, you know a lot of people are pointing out that that doesn't work anymore uh luckily Yeah. Um, for, for the majority of Americans. I mean, we, we talked about last week how uh, 87% of the country thinks that the dreamers should be allowed to stay, uh, even though the Democrats apparently didn't get that memo. But Well, and you can continue to push the people that are here illegal further and further into the shadows. And then you get what happened in California. I was just reading a story today talking about the food shortages and basically food, you know, dying in the field, crops dying in the field because there's no one to work the fields because they're so scared of ice coming. So, you know, I'm, you know, thrilled for the rich people that think, you know, that, that keeping other people out is going to, you know, save them a few bucks on cheap labor. But when you scare the fuck out of them and they just stop working for you, you're not going to get your avocado toast or whatever, you know, your. No, that's millennials. Oh yeah. that's (laughs) You're not going to get your wines and your, your grapes aren't going to get picked. (laughs) That, that, that's why we can't buy houses because because we're buying too much avocado <laughs> toast apparently <laughs> definitely fuck um but yeah you know it, it it's just the, the the oldest fucking trick in the book and it's disgusting and and low and you know low it was so bizarre but... like the the first part of that speech he's talking about you know how we've been through these tough things and it's created american heroes and it's almost like let's have more shitty things happen so we can create more heroes you know yeah. like like we had gunfire in vegas and so that you know strangers shielded strangers so look at these heroes and we had hurricanes and yeah. look at these heroes and and it's great don't get me wrong it all of these people are great but uh, <laughs> well, props, it's just such a twist oh my god the, yeah and the, they get the used. most props i've ever seen in a state of the union like typically a president you have like grant. one set one, yeah like one person like one like guy who like you know jumped on a grenade to save his platoon something what you know one person. yeah i literally counted i lost count after a while but it was at least six or seven different props like people that he brought there to to you know push his fucking hateful rhetoric right uh people who've had you know horrible circumstances like one woman who's like 
uh, son or daughter, I, I don't remember the exact circumstances, were, were killed by uh, a member of the MS-13 gang. By the way, he, he keeps bringing up MS-13 as if it's this fucking massive, as if there's like MS-13 lurking around every quarter. It's a fucking small gang in Southern California. It's It's got like about 50,000 members. Not saying it's like nothing, but he keeps using MS-13 to equate your mind with all illegal immigrants are going to join MS-13. Like that's right. the whole point of keep bringing up this fucking gang because that's all like brown people are to him is like future ms-13 you know well and never mind the real statistics that talk about you know white terrorists in this country you know that uh nazi and white power and all of you know that ideology that's that's the real um you know problem that we're facing but you know or how immigrants you know commit proportionally less crime because they don't want to uh because they're very conscious of the fact that they're you know a lot of them are undocumented so they're more or the more recent the ones that come here are are more educated than our than the American people that are citizens right now. I mean, there's there's so many different yeah. you know. Or that net immigration's at zero, but you could go through all of those things. It yeah, doesn't fucking you matter. can <laughs> cherry pick anything from from any side of this to support a narrative, and that's clearly what they did here. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, l- let me go through some of the uh, the takeaways uh, from the speech, and we can kind of talk about them. We, we've touched on a couple. Yeah. Uh, There's an article from NJ.com. Um, so he touted the biggest tax cuts and reforms in American history. Um, quote, our massive tax cuts provide tremendous relief for the middle class and small business. Uh, Trump. But by the way, do you think he do you think these were written into the speech, all his favorite adjectives? Or you think he just we, we were talking about that when we watched it. Some people uh, like they were like, oh, yeah, I think he just kind of ad libs his own, you know, his own phrases. <laughs> I think that they probably, so when I work with candidates on speeches, I'll have them read through it and then where they stumble, I have them put it back into their own words so that it makes it more easier for to, to flow off their tongue. So I think it's possible that they um, put this into more of his words. Yeah. So, but, and, you know, he, he, he of course misrepresented all the breaks in the bill and Obviously, most of the cuts go to the top one percent, and and a lot of them are that do help the middle class are temporary. Is another part yeah. of it, and um, yeah, it, it, you know, just just the typical bullshit. But he also touted cutting the corporate tax rate, which um, is <laughs> almost unconscionable to me that he thinks that that would play well with anybody, even his base, like. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I, I cut cor- I cut taxes for fucking multi billion dollar corporations. Like, aren't like <laughs> the, 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 like what? Who is that playing with? Like, other than his like donors? Like, I don't understand. That's it. That's it. <sighs> but how do you I mean, but, look but, at that guy and be like, yeah, I want to support him after he says shit like that? Well, some of those people, some of the audience, believes that that's somehow going to um, yeah, of you know get them more jobs. You know, the people that got an extra thousand bucks, woohoo! You know, it, it, but you know, such a small percentage of, of any of that money went to we the people. Most of it went to stock buybacks and other shit like that. So, um, unfortunately, people aren't paying attention, and when you when they don't pay attention, when when you've got ignorant people, and then they've got a cult you know, following of someone like they do with Trump, they just believe everything he says and they take it completely at face value. So he can say, I have, you know, uh, you know, the best track record of X, Y, Z in the world. And they'll go, yes, yes, it's the best. And they'll go parrot it out to all their little friends. Yeah. Um, 
so he also, I mean, we talked a little bit about the the immigration portion uh, of, his, of his speech. He actually drew some pretty big criticism, even from the Democrats in the chamber, which I was, I was kind of impressed with because they never <laughs> fucking speak up when he when he had that Americans are dreamers too line, which was so fucking <laughs> racist. I mean, Jesus Christ, like. It, that was such a fucking dog whistle to to the white nationalist kind of wing of his base, like yeah, you know. I, it, and he talked in that in that portion about how you know we're not gonna we want to do DACA, but we're only gonna do DACA if the if the Democrats fully fund the wall. This is again Democratic incompetence. Could have fucking pushed DACA through if they had actually stuck to their guns. Uh, but now he's, you know, totally tied it up in, in wall funding. And, I, you know, I wouldn't be shocked uh, if they cave on it because they were already ready to cave on the wall funding. So I, I kind of thinking that that's what's going to happen. Or we're just not going to get a dreamer a bill for the dreamers. So do you think that there's a percentage of Democrats that support the wall? I haven't looked at the stats on this. I uh, think that there are. I would think it's a very small percentage. Well, Hillary Clinton supports the wall, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's certainly uh, at least 8% of the uh, of the party that would support the wall. I mean, well, you know, we have natural uh, boundaries anyway, you know, and... Well, the Rio Grande's a pretty big fucking natural boundary to get across. Exactly. And, you know, people dying anyway, you know, from, from trying to get across the desert. And, of course, you see Border Patrol throwing their water out. I don't know if you saw that one. Yeah, it was fucking gross. <sighs> Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Look, I'm not opposed to border security necessarily. I just think, obviously, everyone in the on the fucking planet has said, like, this wall is stupid, a huge waste of money, unnecessary, just a... a to fulfill a bullshit campaign promise. I just think you need to look at it more holistically or take a meta approach and go, okay, if a lot of people want to come into this country, why is that? What is shitty in their country? And maybe think maybe that some of that has to do with, you know, the, the way that um, Americans, you know, trade with these other economies, you know, and, and the, um, you know, lacks, uh, environmental regulations that, that make companies want to go there and hire people for four cents an hour rather than, you know, paying a, a living wage. I mean, we have to own the reason why some of these countries at least have, have some, uh, take some responsibility for the way that things are and, of course, um, yeah. and look at that and, and you can make things better. And, and we choose not to do that. Well, also, I mean, net immigration is at zero, so it's not like people are, like, dying to come in right now. Just as many people are leaving as are coming in, you know, statistically, so. Iceland, yep. (laughs) I'm not going to give up on Iceland. No, I, I, fuck, I I would move to Iceland tomorrow if I could make it happen easily and I had, like, a job lined up. Yeah. I mean, honestly. No, I mean, my significant other and I were talking about it today. We're like, you know... I've gone into the work world, you know, from a young age, generation X looked at it, like there, there's not going to be any social security for us there and, and shit. Well, you know, trying to plan for retirement, I had my 401k wiped out uh, during the mortgage meltdown when I worked at countrywide. And so, you know, I look at it going, shit, I don't want to live long because it's gonna, I'm going to be in poverty. I, I don't have a million dollars saved for retirement. I do okay now, you know, work-wise, but, but I don't have that uh, cushion. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're looking ahead to a different reality. <laughs> yeah. I, I, honestly, it's, it's, it's appealing. Um, and, you know, even, they don't really have poor people in that country. So if you go there and you're willing to work, I'm he was sure like, you yeah, can Norway, 
or something, I'm like, yeah, I'll do politics in the fjord or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Live next to Bjork in Iceland something. They probably have like the Socialist Party and like the Communist Party. (laughs) It's a fucking dream. It's like, okay, which which one of these parties is like, yeah. They're the ones that are going to be building the wall pretty soon. Yeah, to keep us out. Um, <laughs> so he also took credit for a strong economy, which is pretty laughable um, for multiple reasons. Uh, number one, totally, uh, almost totally not his doing. I mean, he, he came into a surging uh, stock market. You know, uh, unemployment was already on a on a trend downward, and he you know cited that as one of his uh, big accomplishments. But the stock market took a hit this week. Well, with the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, that's keep an eye on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we all know that the stock market's uh, just going to keep going up and up and it's never going <laughs> to, it's never going to crash or anything. Cause this is totally a sustainable model. Um, but yeah. And the other thing is like, you know, most of our listeners understand this, but I can't stress enough to people that don't, the stock market is a fucking terrible indicator of the economy and how regular yeah. people are being affected. The top, you know, they, they did that. They came out with that study. The top uh, 10% uh, of, of stockholders uh, got 80, uh, own 84% of the stocks. Like, it's just not at all a good indicator. When the stock market goes up, that means rich people are getting fucking richer. It doesn't mean you and me are getting money. Like... Well, there's um, some assumption there that because rich people get richer, that they're gonna what spread the wealth, like yeah, hire more people, which or is <laughs> which has totally happened since 1980. <laughs> um, so I guess I guess that's egg on our face, but um, <laughs> which actually it, it, it kind of is in line with the uh, my tweet that blew up today because Chris uh, Chris Hayes <laughs> tweeted out the stock market is not the economy, the stock market is not the economy, the stock market is not the economy, which I thought was funny. But then I tweeted out to him, maybe you should talk about that on your TV show. Maybe you should talk about that on your TV show. Maybe you should talk about um, And I actually, oh shit, I actually have 360 likes and 120 retweets. Damn. That's almost, that's almost up there with my, uh, my MLK Day tweet, but I don't know. Um, You're killing it. <laughs> Uh, so, but yeah, but of course, Chris Hayes is never going to talk about that on his show because MSNBC and Comcast wouldn't really uh, appreciate that too much. I don't think. Yeah, <sighs> but, um, you know, he talked about his infrastructure bill, uh, how he wants to create a $1.5 trillion infrastructure bill, which is great because we really fucking need infrastructure, but where are the well, people going? How are we going to pay for it? I just well, want to know that because I mean, <laughs> it's not I, always the argument. <laughs> I'm not as worried about how we're going to pay for it because there's money there if it needs I'm to be. I'm not worried either. I'm just saying that that's the conservative no, argument. Course. But but when they want to spend the but, money, they never talk about it. But the, the real issue is where is that money going and who's going to get those contracts? And by right. all accounts, it's going to be a bunch of his fucking contractor buddies who are going to buy these roads and own them forever and just you know use a million tolls to fucking tax the shit out of us the end of time it's gonna it's gonna turn america's interstate system into a series of fucking tolls uh which are super regressive taxes you know any kind of tax like that is or is considered a regressive tax because it disproportionately affects uh low-income and middle-class workers who are trying to commute to their jobs which may not even pay them enough to afford the fucking tolls that they have to go through 
Elon Musk, build our flying machines. We can't afford the roads anymore. He also is not <laughs> super fond of unions. I I, no. I, I, I have mixed feelings about Elon Musk because no, like, so I, I love the shitty invents, but like he's also a fucking, you know, <laughs> vulture capitalist. So there's that. Um, so yeah, you know, that, that bill I'm sure is going to be fucking loaded with favors for his buddies. And, uh, I'm not super thrilled about the concept of, and you know, we, when we think about Trump and all the shit that like, we hope that Bernie can undo in 2020 when he gets in there, uh, cause that's totally fucking happening. Um, we think about like, yeah, well he can, you know, he can reverse this policy on climate. He can do, there's a lot of shit that Trump's doing that just can't be undone. Like if he gets that infrastructure bill through and they start building these roads and, and adding these tolls, like that's forever. Like that's going to be really fucking hard to get rid of. Like these things like that are like, you know, once they start drilling in the national parks, which they just fucking opened up the other day, yeah, you can't undrill, like you, you can't undrill the fucking ground. So like, it, it's just it's just fucking terrible and we really need a strong opposition and not a bunch of fucking republican <laughs> light douchebags like joe manchin who is standing up and clapping for every fucking word at every applause break that trump had basically which is why it's amazing them putting a an ex-clinton knight in uh as ceo of the dnc no, of today. Like, of course they are. Of course. Because, did you yeah. did you see how, fuck, how Joe Manchin had a boo boo face the other day though? Because no, he so he literally made sure he was front row center on the on the Democrat side of the aisle during the State mm-hmm. of the Union because you know it's always like one side stands, one side sits uh, sternly or 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 you know angrily claps. Like, <laughs> did you see right. the uh, the meme of Bernie kind of clapping with like the grouchiest face of all time? That one was beautiful as well as the black caucus when he was talking about <laughs> black unemployment, their faces. That they was all had like the Stanley thing. from the office face where they oh just had like God. the finger on their face. And they're just like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> um, but Joe Manchin made sure he was front row center so they could all see him clapping for everything that Trump said, including where, uh, when he talked about, you know, the big, beautiful, clean coal that we were going to bring back. Um, and like literally a day or two later, Mike Pence was out there doing a rally for his Republican challenger, talking mad shit about Joe Manchin, about how he <laughs> how he doesn't care about West Virginians. He didn't want to give them a tax break. He voted no on the tax bill. He's like, this is why Washington sucks, because, you know, I was and I'm like, yeah, uh, fucking newsflash the republicans are never gonna fucking you know be your buddies (laughs) like this is a fucking you know the last 20 years of the democratic party in a microcosm you keep trying to appeal (laughs) to these assholes and they keep you know stabbing you in the fucking eye and i don't know when you're gonna learn like it's never gonna be they're never gonna be your friends like it's just not gonna happen well that's why all the discussion of bipartisanship is just it's beyond the pale right now because the people that are the worst about it are the gop and uh, yeah, and the idea that that was a bipartisan call for unity, that speech is fucking laughable if you actually <laughs> listen to the content of the speech. I mean, yeah. just some of the most blatant fear mongering and race bait. I mean, that's why the media fucking sucks. Like, how could you possibly <laughs> look at that speech, New York Times, and say that it was Trump calling for unity? Like, I, what, what the fucking, <laughs> sp- like, what? I, 
Well, so, I so I've been looking at the New York Times and I've been looking at WAPO and you know people talked about when Obama was in about those being arms, you know, propaganda arms. And what's been interesting since Trump's been in is that you do see that you do see. I mean, you still see criticism of him, but you also see these propaganda pieces that are very pro him. Um, more so than you would expect if they're, you know, also called, you know, liberal media. There, there's a lot more I'm seeing there that, that would be, um, that you could look at as messages of the state. Um, well, yeah, so I think that that narrative They're propaganda true. arms of the military industrial complex and the establishment. Like they've yeah. never been a liberal, you know, news, well, maybe, you know, years ago back when they were, you know, releasing the Pentagon papers, which I actually want to talk about after we talk about the state of the union. Cause I watched the uh, post the other day. Mm. Okay. Uh, and I have thoughts, but um, so uh, he, you know, he pushed for big spending on the military. Um, at one point, he said, uh, "Unmatched power is the surest means of our defense," which is basically peace through strength. Some really fucking Orwellian <laughs> lunatic bullshit. Um, I, I, I just. I, you know, it, he, he uh, I'm asking Congress to end the dangerous defense sequest, uh, sequester and fully fund our great military. We just gave you fucking eight hundred billion dollars. What are you talking about? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> we just and the Democrats in their fucking spending bill that they agreed to uh, that were, that, you know, the bill they agreed to that they're not going to fight on. They agreed to lift caps on defense spending. The fuck is he talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. Jesus. Our poor defense industry. They yeah. really are oh suffering. God, yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> impoverished right now. I mean, really. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> at one point he said, uh, we have sought to restore the bonds of trust. Um, for the last year, we have sought to restore the bonds of trust between our uh, citizens and their government, which actually drew a, 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 la a laugh from the uh, Democrats. <laughs> um what else? Uh, oh, God. So his fucking rhetoric on uh, Iran was very troubling and very telling of where the where we know the administration is moving, which is an, another offensive war with a uh, heavily armed, very developed country, which is going to be fucking awesome <laughs> because we more nukes, uh, easier nukes. Yeah, yeah we apparently didn't uh, learn our lessons from Iraq and Afghanistan. So uh, let's try it in Iran where they're way more organized and way more developed and have a way better military. Uh, that's that's surely going to be an easy conflict. Um, and, and not to mention, I, I can't stress this enough, didn't do anything to fucking warrant us, uh, provoking them. Like I don't, you know, right. we've done, we, you know, we've waged way more offensive wars, uh, than anyone else in the fucking world. Uh, and if anyone could make a case for invading a country for, uh, you know, atrocities well, it would be invading the united states but that's what i was gonna say he had a line there terrorists who do things like place bombs in civilian hospitals are evil guess what we've done uh, i mean bomb fucking hospitals exactly I mean, you know they they released a report about drones in the obama administration uh which you know obviously it's you know really ramped up there and trump is ramping up even more they kill 90 percent civilians on average i mean yeah. it, it's like what who, who's the fucking terrorist like you know the guy collateral who blows damage, up, Anthony. Collateral yeah, damage. Yeah, right. Like the guy who blows up, you know, <laughs> 10 people in a square or the fucking predator drone that bombs a fucking, you know, school or a hospital or, or you know, or the fucking 
Saudis that were funding in Yemen who were, you know, genociding the fucking people of Yemen. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, the cheering for keeping Guantanamo open oh and all God. of that. Oh my God, it was, was just like, disgusting. Do we not realize how many people, you know, were stuck at Guantanamo, you know, 15, 20 years, never charged innocent. of a crime? There were people innocent. that were found innocent. Yeah, just like... <laughs> Which he totally lied about the stats on, like, oh, blah, 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 all these people were returned to the field. Just not even remotely true. Uh, well, and honestly, if they hadn't been pissed off and, you know, radicalized or whatever before, <laughs> yeah. hell yeah, if you keep me locked up for 15 years in that kind of environment. And torture you, yeah. And I, torture me and, you know, and don't give me, you know, legal, I mean, just all of that. How the fuck do you think I'm going to be when I get out? You think I'm going to smile and sing kumbaya? Yeah, thank you for letting me out after detaining me uh, illegally and extrajudiciously for the last 15 years. Like, yeah, I'd be like, show me where the fighters are. I'm with you. <laughs> like, yeah. No, we, we create way more terrorists than anything else. I mean, we, we talk about ISIS recruitment. We're the best fucking ISIS recruitment there is. Like, it's yeah. just our foreign policy has recruited more ISIS fighters than anything else. Um, he talked a lot about, you know, he saber-rattled with North Korea for no fucking reason. Mm -hmm. He brought, you know, uh, a, an expat from North Korea. He brought, like, the family of that guy who was uh, the tourist who, who, who ended up dying because, you know, they kept him in detention and he got said that that whole story. Yeah. Um, and again, a horrible fucking situation. And, you know, Kim Jong-un, not a nice guy, but w what are you angling for? Do you want to you want to start an offensive war with a fucking country with nuclear weapons? Like, is that what you want to do? Like and North Korea is having talks about reunifying with South Korea. I don't know if you saw that with them at the fucking Olympics. Like they're, <laughs> they're actually trying to move towards diplomacy. And you want to fucking saber rattle and get us into another fucking conflict with another fucking nuclear pet. The fuck is wrong with you? And yeah. then the Democrats are fucking saber rattling with Russia, another nuclear power, and want <laughs> you to fucking keep doing brinksmanship with them, even though we're already surrounding them on the fucking NATO borders. Like, what the fuck is wrong with everybody? I feel like I'm literally <laughs> taking crazy pills. Like, what the fuck is wrong with everybody? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I just, I, I fucking can't with this country. Even if we do move to fucking Iceland or Norway, they're going to blow up the fucking world anyway. So it won't matter. We'll, we'll just, we just want to listen to it as much for the, for the year or two that we get out of it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's better to stay here and be one of the first ones gone than to have to suffer through the aftermath. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, let's see what else he. Oh god, the fucking the the, the the fake patriotism, you know. Well, so he brought up this kid who had a who had a great story. But he, you know, he he noticed there weren't flags on uh, the graves of veterans on Veterans Day, so he organized like a, a like a program to put to to make sure there were flags in every grave, which is a great story. But then he used that to fucking you know talk about the national anthem and uh, and respecting the flat just basically you know hey black people uh you know i don't give a fuck that you're being you know systematically murdered by the law enforcement in this country meanwhile canada just made its national anthem gender neutral <laughs> <laughs> yeah well canada's got their own fucking problems with that horrible <laughs> shithead fucking prime minister did you see that thing uh Which one? today where he you know he's he had protesters thrown out of uh, oh, the yeah. thing, and then he's basically like, "Look, we're not going to do anything on the environment unless you let us build this pipeline." Was basically yeah. his fucking. He's 
Obama on steroids. So, you know. And he's cute. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's so pretty and he's fucking he's well spoken as he's fucking raping the fucking Canadian ground with pipelines oh. like just ugh. makes it um, difficult. Yeah. Yeah, um but so and he said, you know, Trump said we uh celebrate our police, our military, and our amazing veterans as heroes who deserve our total and unwavering support. <laughs> Let's which, talk about Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, which is fucking hilarious considering that Baltimore Police Department, one of the most corrupt police departments in the fucking country. Um so that was where Michael Wood Jr. worked, right? Yeah, yeah, which yeah. which is why he's like, you know, an activist for police reform. Um you know, just they, the, another report came out uh, from that department that a bunch of troopers in that department would carry fucking toy BB guns in their car in case they ever shot somebody and had to plant a fucking gun on them to say, oh, well, they had a gun. I thought it was real. Like, well, and yeah, and there's worse, I mean, stories where, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, toy guns where there are, you know, other guns that they've kept on them to, to plant on people in those kinds of situations. I understand as a cop, you know, you feel like, you know, you'd be afraid of making a mistake or whatever, but come on, <laughs> like, mean, how dirty do you have to be? Like, you know, if you make a mistake, go, oh shit, like I made a mistake, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe don't be so fucking trigger happy. Like, right. you know, like that's also the same police department that a couple months ago, that video came out of them planning drugs in that one spot that they went right. remember that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which initially they were like, Oh no, that was just them reenacting for the cameras. What they actually found. Uh, <laughs> they wanted <laughs> like, give me a fucking break. Oh my God. Um, Oh, and by the way, I, I wanted to make a point about that because, uh, like six out of the nine officers who were involved in that were black. So it's really not this bullshit line that the establishment Democrats view of like, well, we want to make the, uh, you know, Obama would say it all the time. We want to make the uh, police uh, look like the communities that they're policing. Uh, that's fucking useless. It's not necessarily, it, it obviously race is a component in some of these, you know, situations, but it's an institutional system of state-sponsored violence. And, uh, you know, identity politics is not going to fucking solve this. You need serious reform, serious accountability, uh, you know, like what Michael Wood's doing, the citizen review boards where they actually, uh, where the police are actually accountable to civil or civilian review boards, uh, where they're actually accountable to civilians. Well, you could, you could and actually, actually point to, to this. Listen to their uh, recommendations and things like that at, the yeah. fact that, that a majority of those people that had the fake guns or whatever were African-American, you could actually argue that that's also evidence of some racism. And think about it. If you were an African-American in a, you know, a police department that was accused of shooting someone, you know, black, white or whatever, you, you sort of there's racism that happens there, too. You know what I mean? In terms of, um, you know, the perception of you. Um, you know, whether it's that you're, you know, more violent, more trigger happy, whatever, this is all the systemic stuff and it still happens in the police departments too. Sure. And there's also an element of classism, which is why, you know, those black cops were involved in that. Cause it's still like, oh, well, these are like the low class black people. Like they probably think that about the areas where they're patrolling. It's not right. just the race issue. It's just that it's just that there's so many little things, so many big things that need to be addressed in terms of how we select police and how we 
you know, filter out the ones that we know are like fucking Nazis because we know that, you know, they're the KKK. Yeah. Is there like was the guy totally... on uh, Sarah Silverman's show that was talking about that, that, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago or 40 years ago, however long ago it was that that skinheads realized that if they were going to make any headway with their agenda, that they needed to blend with their communities. So they stopped shaving their heads and wearing Doc Martens and, you know, the whole thing and, you know, joined police forces and military and all of that stuff. So, so yeah. Well, yeah, the Bush justice department actually did a report on that about how, uh, neo-Nazis and the Klan have systematically infiltrated, uh, local PDs like everywhere in the country. Um, which I'm sure is uh, still a problem. Um, so, yeah, his speech was fucking awful. Uh, everything <laughs> imaginable, uh, horrible that you can imagine him saying, he said. But the State um, of the Union is strong. So, But the State of the Union fear. is strong uh, or tremendous, uh, depending <laughs> tremendous. on. Tremendous. So, uh, speaking of tremendous, uh, the Democrats' official response... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking uh, the Joe Kennedy, man. What the fuck was that like? Well, so you knew going into it that this was, uh, you know, them trying to set him up for a presidential run. They put all their different people forward, and you worked know, really I had, well. Yeah, there's a, a tweet I did about that. About you know, it's like they throw Kamala Harris at the wall, see if that sticks. No, Oprah. No, you know, let's let's try this one. Let's see on this one. And I had a lot of people on my Twitter. You know, that were like, well, yeah, I like him. You know, I've liked him for a while. And I'm like, he, he gives great speeches. You know, it's not He's to say he doesn't. policy, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, these people need to. So <laughs> I actually saw one funny uh, tweet where it was like a list, like with names crossed off. And it was like Kamala crossed off, Corey <laughs> crossed off, Oprah crossed off, drooling baby Kennedy crossed off. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was with that? I what? mean, so. I think it was like Mike Cernovich, I think, that called it out first. He was like showing close-ups of his TV and like having his wife rewind and, babe, no, look, look, look right there. What the hell is that on his mouth? And it was like, I'm sitting there going, what is that on his mouth? You <laughs> and know, then, yeah, so they, it, I guess they said it was chapstick, but I'm like, I'm, does chapstick do it, that? Out of both corners of your mouth. I don't know. Some people were also saying it might have been like foundation that was applied like with the wrong color. Maybe but, it was primer, yeah. So... You know, it's just hilarious to me because the State of the Union response is typically like the kiss of death for a candidate that they're considering <laughs> running. You know, everyone remembers the Marco Rubio water incident or the, you know, Trump yeah. still fucking makes fun of it. Like, that's how funny it was. You know? He's or played the, it off since. OK, but yeah. Or the, um, you know, like the Michelle Bachman fucking lunacy. So like, um <laughs> You'd think knowing that and knowing that they have like a total fucking robot that they're just, you know, sending out there to deliver a useless, like flowery message that they would focus on all these little details, <laughs> um, which I really want to get into some of the aesthetics of this this response, because <laughs> holy shit, could this have been a more fucking phony like like Joe Kennedy was like literally getting his car worked on like and then he decided to go speak to a bunch of like auto workers like really with the fucking car with the hood up in the background like so that was like a Votech school or something right in the I I, I believe yeah. so yeah it was yeah it was like a vocational school so um Joe Kennedy you know you say he gives good speeches um I've yet to hear one because 
that was one of the worst fucking robotic. I mean, if you speak like this and make sure you <laughs> pause between each thing and sound like you're really emotional about each. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Deli- it was the most phony fucking nonsense. Again, he was doing the Asaf. He was trying to sound like Obama. And like, it's so fucking funny that these consultants think that they should make all these uh, like these these corporate puppet candidates that he trot out there sound like Obama when <laughs> nobody can fucking orate like Obama. Like, it's just so preposterous. Like, let them fucking speak like humans. Like, why are you trying to get them to speak with a cadence? And somebody uh, tweeted out, I guess, because they were breaking down the audio for their podcast. Yeah. And they tweeted out the waveform from his speech. And they're like, <laughs> dude, guys, look at this shit. There's the exact time between each of these is like identical almost as if he's like counting in his head between each (laughs) (laughs) which i really think that they gave him like the obama cadence and he's like ladies and gentlemen two three four thank you for coming tonight two three four the state of the union is strong like it's so fucking ridiculous shit i mean trump gave an hour and a half long speech so you know kennedy's gonna make the most of of the time he's got no draw it out (laughs) it was just so fucking phony and like the craziest thing to me is like some people were like oh that was a great speech i was like he didn't fucking say anything like what piece of policy did he mention other than a living wage, which, you know, who even knows what that is to him? Twelve dollars an hour? Like who knows? Um, <laughs> but you know, he said, you know, we have to make sure healthcare is affordable. We have to make sure we respect like just the, the typical fucking like the platitudes were I think even worse than what like Tom Perez usually delivers. Like Tom Perez gives more substantive policy uh talking points than Joe Kennedy did. <laughs> And it and it makes me a little crazy because like I talked to like my boss at work and he was like, Oh no, I like this speech. And I'm like, fucking hell, how fucking easily are you tricked by these people who don't say anything? Like he doesn't okay, say you're, anything. You're gonna hate me. You're gonna hate me. You fucking like the two? <laughs> really? Come there on. were so I can't even I cannot even remember the part, but I saw a piece of it and I, I got chills and I said to my significant other, I'm like, I I hate to admit it. I, I liked that. Oh, I'll have to look back and see disgusting. what it was. But yeah, there were there were moments of it that that I did. Um, and I think it's hard for people. So, you know, they're playing upon people that, you know, look at a Kennedy and see a Kennedy and think about JFK and RFK and all of that. And so they, you know, they still feel like they maybe can get that back if they just get a Kennedy in there somehow. And, you know, he's the next closest thing. Um, that they think of, which, you know, he's so far from, you know, what JFK was. It, it God, is he's funny. not even, he can't even fucking hold JFK's jockstrap. It's so yeah. not even. <laughs> um, I mean, guys, we're not a fucking monarchy. Like, what? what is with this, like, obsession with these fucking political family dynasties? Like, we're not, we fucking, we went through a whole fucking war just to get away from a monarchy. Can we please not try to go back to fucking monarchy? <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio pointed out, um, you know, the the fact that he spoke Spanish. That, that oh, she, God. Yeah, that's yeah, so funny. I saw her tweet. She found that to be, uh, you know, offensive, basically, because the dreamers speak English. And so. Yeah, she, she, she's <laughs> like, uh, FYI, the dreamers fucking speak English. Because he said to, the, to all my dreamers, and then he went into his fucking as she put it, his Yo Soy Tim Kane routine. 
Well, right. That was hilarious. And, you know, they had, he had this line after that. You're a part of our story. We'll fight for you. We will not walk away. Except when we walk away. They fucking so already walked away. away. What are you talking about, Joe Kennedy? <laughs> that was the hard part. They had already walked away when the speech about? came out. <laughs> and by the way, Tim Kaine, Mr. You know, Mr. I Speak Spanish, also voted with the fucking deportation caucus to not protect dreamers several times. So, uh, you know... It, it's it's just a bunch of fucking bullshit. They don't believe in anything. They're a party of fucking no ideas and no principles, no backbone, because as we've said a million times, they're fucking paid to lose. Like they don't, they're paid by donors to pretend to put up a fight and then cave when, when it comes down to monetary issues, when it comes down to, you know, any kind of economics. Um, it was a well-written speech and I'll tell you why. You know, so as someone that writes speech, you, you always want to tear at the heartstrings, right? And so he's talking about you fight your own quiet battles every single day. You drag your weary bodies to that extra shift so your families won't feel the oh, sting God, of it was scarcity. So flowery the prose. Oh, it was flowery prose. Beautiful. It was a great, a well-written speech. I'm not yeah, saying for that a he John said. John book. Like I'm not saying he said a damn thing, but it was a good political speech. Sure. No, I, I don't disagree. It was well written. It was fucking yeah. a crock of shit. I mean, he didn't say anything, but it was it was nicely written, you know, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, you know, hearing him say that, though, you know, the, the extra shift, I thought, have you ever worked a single shift? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, by the way, Joe Kennedy shift. worth about forty five million dollars by some <laughs> estimates. So uh, super, super in touch with the working class people of uh, America. Um <laughs> I want to talk about Bernie's speech, but just real quick on Joe Kennedy. Uh, doesn't support Medicare for all. Doesn't support H.R. 1880 College for all. Doesn't support H.R. 1144 tax on Wall Street. And doesn't support H.R. 2840, which is a uh, law to expand voting rights and make sure and the primaries are more open. So Also supported some legislation or I guess rollbacks of legislation, whichever it was, for some of his big pharma clients to reduce regulations on prescribing opioids that, you know, pretty much directly impacted the opioid epidemic that you know so many people want to talk about and complain about. Oh yeah. He's so, very yeah. anti-marijuana also it says yeah. marijuana is a gateway drug. He's just, but you know, it, it, just give everybody morphine instead. That's fine. Back, back to the fucking fifties with you, mm. Joe Kennedy. Um, so uh, in total contrast to that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bernie motherfucking Sanders with, with the <laughs> rebuttal of a lifetime to that garbage Hardcore. state of the union speech. Um, Bernie, I, I, you know, like, I really wish we had more than just one good fucking Senator, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Cause I feel like people get tired of hearing about it, but it's like, uh, you know, give me something like, you know, when Ro, when Ro Khanna gets in there or when like Keith Ellison gets in there, maybe we'll have something, but right now, uh, it's a fucking, it's slim pickings right now. I mean, it's it, really... yeah, it wouldn't be this cult of Bernie if we, if they aired more, you know, people who, who speak out like that, like the Tulsi's of the world, um, it yeah. would be different. So, so Bernie, you know, he gets on, he just fucking goes, sit, goes and sits in front of a green screen, you know, no fucking <laughs> props behind him, no big, you know, roaring crowd, no well-timed, uh, speech, you know, speech pattern. Just fucking goes up there and says, look, uh, President Trump uh, said he's going to do this. But uh, actually, he, you know, walked back his promise to provide health care for all Americans. He he actually refuted policy positions that Trump laid out in the State of the Union, which was also light on policy, you know. Right. Um, but he did talk about policy. He talked about a lot of policy, you know, a lot of shitty things, like in, in general terms, at least. 
uh, during the State of the Union. And yeah, Kennedy's was... rebuttal was not a rebuttal. It was a speech. <laughs> no, well, yeah, it was nothing. It was, it was, yeah. hey, do you guys like me for president in 2020? He didn't, I, I guarantee you that was written before the State of the Union because he didn't mention a single thing that Trump said in the State of the Union. I no, don't he think. didn't. Uh, or, or if he did, it was in very vague general terms. Like Bernie yeah. probably fucking scribbling furiously on a napkin on his way over to the <laughs> studio to, to shoot it. Uh, he had a speech that actually addressed all this shit that Trump said in the state of the union, all the lies he told about the tax bill and about healthcare and about immigration. Uh, and Bernie fucking nailed him on it. And he presented a fucking alternative and a vision for America moving forward. Wait, we don't do that. <laughs> no, Democrats I don't do that for sure. No, we don't do that. And, and I just watched <laughs> that and I'm like, this is fucking amazing that they wouldn't want to put this on. Why? I mean, we know why, you know, this is rhetorical, obviously yeah. we know why they wouldn't. But it's like any party worth a shit would put this guy on fucking TV to deliver that message or have one of their, you know, corporate uh, terminators go out and deliver that message uh, and pretend to care about that. But it, they can't it was do like, it. Yeah. they just can't fucking do it. They, 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 they're <laughs> so fucking cucked by their donors, by the Stephen Klubecks of the world. That they can't even pretend to care about those things. They send How people. How terrified out. must they be if they're opposing? I mean, across the country, you know, all of these, uh, any candidate that's outside of the establishment. I mean, they're they're doing everything they can to block them. I think I, you and I talked about this a little bit this week. How California Democratic Party has this whole endorsement process where you need to either pay, you know, a certain amount of money or get a certain number of signatures and all this different stuff. And so a lot of people went through, you know, hoping to be reviewed for the endorsement. And I think there was only one at the end, even the candidates that met the criteria that got the signatures and paid the money and did everything they were supposed to do. Only one was allowed to be actually considered on the ballot for endorsement. What the fuck? I mean, how scared must they be if this is how hard they're fighting anyone who's outside of the establishment, they gotta be shaken. It's just so fucking yeah. Well, they're, they're terrified of Bernie because they know he's a fucking juggernaut going into the primaries, uh, and they're actually he's he right now is the favorite. Like if you look at like the candidates yeah. that they're putting up, he's the fucking favorite, which is why they're terrified and doing everything that they can to smear him and to cut the legs out from under him and make sure that he doesn't get any progressives uh, in Congress or in the Senate. You know when he gets in there, so, right? Which is exactly why people like you and I are fighting hard to get other progressives that's elected. the real fight yeah yeah up and down the ballot you gotta you gotta grease the skids for bernie so that he can actually accomplish something when he gets in there and i think they're terrified because they know even if they manage to keep the caucus looking mainly like it does now in terms of the democrats mm -hmm. uh he still can pressure them because i mean ultimately the president does set the marching orders for the party yeah and it would look real shitty uh you know we saw it with trump i mean they the republicans talk so much shit about trump uh, before he got in there, and once he got in there, they mostly fall in line. I'm well, sure. Actually, he kind of fell in line. Well, that's, that's, that's also true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I think it would, I, I'm just so fascinated to see what would happen with the mansions of the world uh, if Bernie gets in. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping Mansion <laughs> gets fucking taken out in the primary this year. But if if Paula by Jean, some all the way, yeah. yeah. Um, but if he doesn't, like, I, I just don't know what would, I, I would love to see Bernie fucking call him out. Like, you know, <laughs> be like, well, you know, uh, you gotta fall in line or I'm going to fucking help your primary opponent next go around. Um, <laughs> which is what Obama did to a bunch of people who wouldn't sign on to his bullshit healthcare bill because they were holding right. out for the public option. Did that to death. Right. Percentage. 
Um, so yeah, you know, it, it's just, again, everyone knows this. We know why they're doing it. It's not a mystery. They just don't want to fucking move in that direction, even though it would guarantee them electoral victories. And they could probably get away with a lot of the bullshit they still get away with. Uh, but it's just not, the donors don't want it. <laughs> it's just, well, I think about it like this. So, you know, there was a shift that happened over time of them taking more and more corporate money, caring less about unions, caring less about people. And I, you know, I, I think about it if I were somebody like Pelosi, you know, having lived through all of that, you can look at it and go, well, the, the money that the people put in was never, ever going to match what the wealthy and corporations were going to put in. And so their feeling was that Democrats, you know, that they'd continue to mop the floor with Democrats unless they, you know, got on board with that, um, that they would lose. Well, the problem is, is that they're they're going to lose anyway, because they're not representing the people they're supposed to. And we're, you know, they're starting to, to wake up about that. So I understand you know, the, the ideas behind it that, um, you know, the people just can't match that amount of money. We have to out-organize is the bottom line. Um, you know, we have to get the grassroots actually activated and, and give them a reason to actually get out and vote other than just the status quo. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, well, uh, we, we got to do it because nobody else is fucking doing it. You know, the Democratic Party's not doing it. The media's not doing it. Uh, they'd rather focus on fucking Russia 24 seven. Uh, actually, while we were talking just now, something came across my newsfeed. Apparently YouTube is putting under videos from RT's channel, including Lee camp videos, uh, a little infographic. I, I say little, it's actually probably bigger than the video player. RT is funded in whole or in part by the Russian government under every one of Lee camps. Are you like you fucking kidding me right now? Oh my God. Why don't you put under fucking MSNBC? MSNBC is funded, is is owned by Comcast, one of the biggest telecoms providers in the world uh, who are opposed to net neutrality. Uh, The Washington Post is owned by the fucking, owned by fucking billionaire Jeff Bezos, who has a contract with CIA. Like, what the fuck? Not to mention, okay, RT, you know, Russia, (laughs) like, you know that, right? Looking at it, you know that that there's some kind of a Russian affiliation anyway. But, you know, conservatives look at something like Canada Free Press, you know, there's other things. You know, why that one in particular? It's obvious. It's part of their narrative. Yeah, it's, it's part of their narrative. And you know what's funny? I when I went down to New Orleans, I uh, I got RT on the TV down there. It was one of the channels we got, and I was watching it. And I was like, "This is fucking great!" Like the news that they it cover, it, it's fucking. It's something you never hear. It, they the way they cover the mainstream political establishment of both sides, and it's not like a fuck the Democrats fest. They talk a ton about Trump and all the lies he tells. It's an actual professional newscast with unbiased uh, coverage of the American media. Now, like everyone will say, you know, don't trust maybe necessarily what they report on Putin or Russia specifically, but um, with the stuff that they talk about regarding the American media is fucking spot on. Like it's just ridiculous. This, fear-mongering uh, they have the- great coverage and and funny i i know people on all sides of the political spectrum that like rt and appreciate just that 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 there's some actual real journalism and investigation going on there i mean there's other places you know ProPublica is one the intercept is another there are other places but, but in terms of it's tv hard. it's like a slim picking i mean you know bbc america does some good american cover like comp- yeah. companies that aren't owned by an american uh, meet, like company uh, do tend to report on American shit a lot better because they're just <laughs> not beholden. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's fucking disgusting and more, you know, veiled fucking xenophobia uh, <laughs> against Russians. And it's just like, I don't understand where the breaking point with this is going to come. Like, what are we going to be beating fucking Russian people up in the streets like we were <laughs> during the, the, the Iran hostage crisis in 1980? Remember that? Like when people were literally beating up people because they, they were Iranian immigrants? Like... I, is that who we want to fucking become? Or, or are we going to like realize that we're, we're buying into a bunch of hype propaganda bullshit and uh, stop the fucking madness and like, just let the investigation play out into the corruption that we all know he fought. Like, uh, I... so, so let's talk about this because the memo came out this week and that was a big um, thing for a lot of people, you know, a lot of people released the memo, released the memo. There was that whole thing. Um, yo memo trended on Twitter. Yo memo. So weak that blah, blah, blah. I looked at the memo and I went, okay, I can see how partisan this is. Right. I can see how written by the Republicans. Right. There, there's an agenda behind it, but I could also see there was fucking reason to do what they did. There was reason to look at Carter Page. I mean, regardless of the dossier or anything else, Page has been saying back to it was just in I think Newsweek today, back to 2013, he was saying how he was, you know, working for uh, advising the Russian government. There was reason to look at him beyond any of that. Um, and, and they won't release the Democratic rebuttal to it or not rebuttal or whatever, the, the, the Democrats memo, um, you know, that would, I guess, shed more light on it. So you're seeing a, you know, partisan, you know, one sided defense of um of themselves and not the, getting the full story the entire fucking process was was an exercise in partisan bullshit of the worst variety and it just to me it, it showed everything that's wrong with washington and why people just say like fuck both of these parties like i don't even want to yeah. be involved because it was just so fucking stupid and it had nothing to do with anything like it I, so the whole thing the, the thing that's hilarious to me is obviously it was a bunch of fucking bullshit that the republicans cooked up you know with their conspiracy theories about secret societies and whatnot. But the democratic response was, was equally pathetic to me. It was like, all of a sudden we fucking love the FBI and the CIA and our, (laughs) and our fucking, our veneered intelligence agencies and our law enforcement. And Oh, they're, they're, they're besmirching the good reputation of our, 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 our institution fucking FBI tried to get Martin Luther King to fucking commit suicide. Like the CIA fucking overthrew Democrat. These, these are fucking horrible organizations and the Democrats can't wait to fucking suck them off because all of a sudden Trump is, you know, talking about uh, how they're, they're corrupt and how they need to be, you know, uh, expunged of all these, these neolibs need to make up their minds on this shit because, you know, one second Comey's a hero. Next second, he's awful. Next second, he's a hero again. You know, the same with the entire FBI and CIA. Um, I guess they, you know, they agree with them when they're pro Russian narrative and then disagree with them when it, you know, it, it weakens them. I mean, Maybe I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe the FBI and CIA are like the rest of the government filled with a mix of people from different parties. Some people who don't give a shit about any of it. Most of whom were just trying to do their jobs and, you know, get their retirement and get the fuck out. Maybe that's what's happening. And maybe, you know, the agents that were going back and forth saying shit about Trump just, you know, were saying shit about Trump because yeah. that's what's in the news. And maybe that they doesn't mean there's about a... Hillary and Bernie. Like, they exactly. just didn't like anybody. Like, yeah. You know. It doesn't mean there's a, a master plan to, you know, 
to do something insidious. They yeah. Not. I mean, look, look, the Republicans don't need a fucking actual conspiracy to turn something. Do we know this? They, they, they'll turn a conspiracy. They'll create a conspiracy from almost anything, but <laughs> let me give liberals a fucking cheat sheet. Uh, you know, Trump is bad. Yes. Uh, he probably has some corrupt money dealings with Russia and with Israel, which we know. and actually Not probably he does. Yeah. We, I mean, yeah. Uh, Saudi Arabia, yada, yada. Uh, the FBI money laundering is, through properties. Yeah. yeah. The FBI is also fucking bad. The CIA is also fucking <laughs> bad. Like, I don't know why this is hard for them to fucking wrap their heads around. They are such binary fucking simpletons that they can't <laughs> understand that like two things can be bad. Or two things can be true at the same time. Like, the I entire don't... thing is rotted from the core. We're all, we're all so fucked. <laughs> it's just so fucking stupid. Oh, my God. So uh, we'll wrap up. But I wanted to talk quickly about... Uh, I actually just watched The Post uh, the other night. Did you How happen... was it? No. It was really good. Um, you know, Steven Spielberg, uh, just great director. Really almost a can't-miss director. Although I'm sure my friend Steve would disagree with me. But mm. my friend Steve didn't like E.T., so he can go fuck himself. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, it, so it was good. But it, it, it's just... So the whole movie, you know, if, if you if you don't know, uh, anyone listening, is basically about the uh, the Washington Post uh, in the seventies, uh, back during the release of the Pentagon Papers. So Daniel Ellsberg uh, was uh, a military uh, inspector or surveyor. Basically, he worked for defense contractors, and he found this report that Robert McNamara had commissioned. Uh, on Vietnam and it contained fucking bombshells about how we knew we were losing the war and knew it was unwinnable uh, in 65 and we kept sending uh, kids over there to die and all these just horrible atrocious uh, things so Daniel Ellsberg snuck the report out like two pages at a time over like a month and managed to you know get it uh, get it to the New York times initially he got like some pages to the New York times and the, uh, Nixon white house clamped down the New York times and, and tried to, you know, uh, arrest them. Like just really full on assault on free speech, which is why I find it hilarious that everyone's like, this is an unprecedented assault on free speech by the president. He's calling the news fake. Ni fucking Nixon tried to throw the New York times editorial board in fucking jail. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> Um, I just, but so, uh, you know, that was, that whole thing was interesting. And so then the Washington post was not the paper that it is today in terms of its prominence. Uh, but Daniel Ellsberg after the New York times got, you know, told that they couldn't publish anything anymore and they agreed to not publish anything while they were under indictment. Um, Daniel Ellsberg went to the post with it and the whole movie is about the story of, the struggle of Tom Hanks's character, who I guess was like the editor who wanted to publish and, and the, uh, the owner of the paper, Meryl Streep, who also wanted to publish and everyone's telling her not to yada, yada. So, you know, it, spoiler, I guess for, for us history, uh, the, the post published, uh, the, the Pentagon papers, you know, and, and they won their Supreme court battle, the New York times and the Washington post did. And that's kind of why the post is, as prominent as it is today and considered, you know, kind of the paper of record because they were the ones to break that story wide open because they were the only ones willing to publish it. Um, 
and it's a great movie and it's all about the fucking overreaches of the military industrial complex and the, you know, all that stuff in it. And it felt great to watch. And then I'm watching this and I'm like, fucking Washington post is owned by Jeff Bezos. He sits on a board at the department of defense or at the Pentagon. And he, you know, has this, uh, $600 million contract, the CIA, if the Washington post got a fucking, uh, report like this today, they would bury it. Like they would, they that's would why we have to support indie media, like the intercept and, and these other outlets. Yeah. Because absolutely, you know, they are <laughs> corporate owned, uh, and would not, they're not doing any real journalism anymore. It's just so funny too. Cause I'm sure Jeff Bezos is going to be there at the Oscars to like accept the, uh, or to go up on stage when they accept the award for best picture, or, you know, whatever <laughs> award they win. And it's just fucking laughable. It's so, it's so Orwellian that he's like, uh, g- proud of, you know, I like, I, I think he was there at the golden globes. I'm like, you're, you're like everything this movie is fighting against. Like, well, what are you t- doing? Like, uh, and I'm sure he approved it and like, you know, was involved in it because they use all the posts, like trade, the whole movie was about the Washington post. I mean, I'm sure he had involvement with the movie, but it's just so funny. Cause it's like, do you believe in these ideals? Like, why are you a fucking puppet of the military industrial complex? If you believe in these ideas, like, but Anthony, um, the Washington post has an independent editorial board. You don't answer <laughs> to him. Yeah, democracy dies in darkness unless you want to uh, actually talk about one of their advertisers, in which case you're totally prohibited, including on your personal social media. Um, yeah, it's just a joke. So it was really inspiring, and then it was like really depressing because I'm like, fuck, that's just not – there's no paper in America right now that has a big enough voice that would actually um, – like publish these things if they happen today they would only have they would have to go to wikileaks which the fucking democrats have already turned into this you know russian uh propaganda machine you know like it's that's just- a tough one because you see assange being you know pro-trump you see him certainly not being anti-trump you see yeah. him interacting with john don jr you know and some of that stuff so it's problematic but i mean I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would, if I personally was leaking something, I would give it to Glenn Greenwald. Um, yeah, yeah. Or Jeremy Scahill or somebody at The Intercept. But yeah, I, I still think, you know, uh, regardless of anyone's political leanings, if they publish true information, then that's, you know. <laughs> I, it, yeah. I, I, it, it, basically, fuck the fucking Washington Post. and Fuck those fucking fuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's get out of here for this week. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can check us out over on Patreon. Uh, oh, wait, we, we never got into the assault roundup. Was there anything this week? Uh, well, Uma Thurman talked more finally about. Uh, okay, wait. Well, all right. Sorry, I, I, we have to play the intro before we talk about so yeah i mean um, i don't know that there were a lot of necessarily news stories but but i read i just read it today i don't know yeah, when it came it out yeah um, came out today uma thurman got far more detailed than she had been um about harvey weinstein and the history there and actually some some shit about tarantino that didn't so, sound pretty good either yeah, so I, you know, I, I kind of went back and forth on that because obviously Weinstein stuff was fucking atrocious, and 
about you know on par with what we've heard about him so far just horrible gross you know forcing himself on her and things like that i I, like i almost wish the tarantino stuff had come out in a separate article though because it's like it kind of lumped him in with weinstein and what he did was like super fucking negligent and maybe even criminal but i don't know that it deserved to be lumped in necessarily with like well i think it was like a different crime you know i think that her perception of it was that it was related that because she, you know, wasn't playing nice with Weinstein, that he was, um, it, it's I sort of like the, the other one where, um, you know, the girl was forced to do stunts that, you know, were dangerous, uh, you know, in the care of, you know, someone that, uh, what was that story? Who was that about? Well, I, I don't remember that, but I mean, with, with, with Uma Thurman, she basically for, uh, Kill Bill, uh, Tarantino, you know, the reason I, so basically that she described that Tarantino had her um, driving in this one scene and she didn't feel comfortable with it. Cause the car was kind of a stunt car and he's like, no, it's fine. You're on an open stretch of road, blah, blah, blah. But the car was like not well built. It wasn't sturdy. It was like a stunt car. And she ended up like driving into a ditch and she like hurt her knees and hurt her neck and like was really badly hurt. She was like, in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was scared. She was paralyzed. So, um, and like Tarantino would not let her use a stunt person. He made her do it basically. Uh, but he had he, used he a stunt person her. for other things. And that was sort of, the, I think the connection, the connection in her mind anyway, I think was the timing of this against all of the Weinstein stuff that somehow he was punishing her for, for not playing nice in the sandbox or something. Maybe. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, the reason I didn't make that connection is just cause I know that Tarantino is a fucking lunatic uh, as a director. Like he's, right gone around and like slapped his male actors with like dildos in the face before like he's just yeah. does stupid shit like to get reactions out of act like he's one of those like you know real method direct like he's you know he's very good at what he does in terms of directing but i but he maybe sometimes sometimes gets there through questionable or uh less than well, uh, and it took her 15 is, years to even get the footage from him. Like, well, that was the weird. I, well, yeah, because apparently, you know, he he went there to apologize to her, and I guess her boyfriend. Uh, she was dating Ethan Hawke at the time, um, and he like confronted Tarantino, and Tarantino was like really, uh, supposedly very apologetic and felt horrible. And uh, but I may, I mean, maybe that was like a lawyer's thing. They didn't want to give it to her because like she could have easily sued him for that. I would think. I'm surprised that didn't. I, yeah, they said originally, I think they would have given it to her had she signed away her right to sue, and she told them to fuck off, so... Well, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> that's really all the use that footage is. Um, but I think the whole the narrative of after that happened, all, the whole thing was that her career was ruined, that that it was kind of over. And, you know, yeah, she's she's done a little bit since then, but that was the last, like, big thing she did, Kill Bill. Yeah. Well, I mean, that could be attributed to that, or that could be attributed uh, attributed to Hollywood's kind of ageism. Where they I was going to say, yeah, that there's you know, there's a component of that. An actress reaches thirty, and they're like an old hag in like Hollywood's mind, you know. <laughs> um, but and you know, for for years, Tarantino would say he was working on Kill Bill Three, which is kind of funny because I can't imagine the way she described him that she would ever want to work with him again. But I don't know. Doesn't it's, seem like it. Yeah, it's an interesting. Um, it was interesting. I, I I thought that maybe that warranted its own article, but I, I, it, I didn't even make the connection in my mind that you made. Um, and I'm curious to see if she maybe elaborates on that. If that there was, was actually... that, 
that story. And then there was the weird thing with Rose McGowan this week um, yeah. that we looked at. And, and I don't even know how to talk about it because it wasn't really a, a you know an assault that was revealed or a me too thing and yet it was a, a trans person that confronted her you know basically saying that you know trans women are women and you know the the violence and the suicides and all of the other things that that trans women go through that that you know she hadn't um been fighting for that or speaking out for that i guess kind of accusing her of being a turf she uh, isn't her. I mean, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be controversial. Here. I think Rose <laughs> McGowan is a total fucking turf, and the and the reason she confronted Rose with that is because she's made very turfy comments in the past. So turf, turf by is the way, trans exclusionary <laughs> radical feminist. Yeah. yeah, which I actually didn't even learn until the women's march because apparently there's a very big subsect of turfs that were like trying to say that like uh, trans women should identify themselves as trans to march in the march, like this all this fucking really transphobic bullshit because like if you believe uh that a trans woman is a woman you would not say that they are not you you wouldn't single them out like that and to single them out to me is transphobia i mean that's you know uh yeah i mean i don't think that the pussy hat was an attempt to be um offensive against trans women you know the the, no no not that but there were but yeah that you only have a like how they wanted them like wear like an identifying badge or like an identifying different hat or some shit. Well, I mean, so if, if the pussy hat was supposed to be anatomical, it really, obviously it was, it was a play on words, right? A cat, you know, pussy, some people, I guess, I don't know, Trump supporters maybe. Yeah. Well, a bunch of Republicans (laughs) thought like it was actually supposed to be labia, which is, pretty funny because yeah, they like, probably have never seen never it seen it. exactly and like that's <laughs> not what it looks like but okay so, like. <laughs> so yeah but so you know so the idea was okay well if that's an exclusionary symbol then maybe you find something else maybe you wear i don't know a rainbow hat or or whatever um i don't know it's difficult it's really tough to see different segments of the progressive movement and liberals and so on fighting so much with one another because it ignores the the real enemy you know the the real sources of power um that i think all of us should be fighting not each other so i mean as far as the rose mcgowan stuff goes though i mean i've i've heard her comments on stuff like that and she also by the way said like i'm not from i'm not from you're from a different planet or i'm not from the same planet she went off i mean i i don't know if she was on drugs or or if she was just reacting or whatever she really didn't get brave on it until the person left the room and then she starts talking shit which to me just looked weak um, and I was, I was all like team Rose, Rose army before, you know, but, but definitely after that, I went, Oh, you know, there, there's been other problematic yeah. things she said and I, done. I, yeah. I, I guess, I don't know. I've held my tongue. I wanted to remember that. her like dating Marilyn Manson and <laughs> like that, that person. Um, but she, she, I like, I, I hate to be this guy, but like, she always seems like she's on drugs now. Like she's really off every time I see her giving an interview. And I can't imagine it was just from Harvey Weinstein's abuse because all of that stuff with her, like in the media, like the Marilyn Manson, all that came after that. So right. I, I almost wonder if she's like had a bit of a a drug issue. In the well, recent... it could be that. It could be just uh, mental instability or mental yeah. health issues. I mean, it could be any number of different things. Or I mean, she, yeah, she didn't necessarily seem like she was on something like heroin where she was no. out of it. It wasn't like that. But or coke, if anything. Yeah, I mean, I I've never done coke, so I don't know what that does to you. But she definitely seemed, um, yeah. Um, 
so I, I've held my tongue on, on her for a long time because she's, uh, it's, uh, you know, I've heard her comments in the past, which have been kind of turfy. And then I've also, she's, a lot of people accuse her, and I think justifiably so, if you look at some of her past writings, of being a uh, privileged uh, white feminist. Right. Like, she, she's not intersectional, which is what that the trans woman that was yelling at her was yelling about, not necessarily right. just trans issues. She's just not intersectional. She's very exclusionary. She, um, and look, I don't want to shit on her. Like, she is a victim of Harvey Weinstein, you know. But the reason I'm saying this is that, like, let's not fucking lionize people necessarily as opposed to just being supportive of a movement as a whole. Like, It's I, so I think- hard to remember that because, yeah, when you lionize a person and then you see the clay feet, then, you know, it weakens the whole thing. Whereas if you just support a cause, you know, um, it, yeah, it's better. But it's hard to not fall into that because you see someone sure, yeah. maybe speaking out in a way that you wish you could or that you're happy that they finally do. And so you go, yes, that's 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 what I'm talking about. And so you think that they're going to be great on everything and they may not be. We're all just yeah. humans. I don't know. Yeah. Well. With that. Um, well, with that, if you like what you hear, check us out. Um Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can do so over at patreon.com slash move left. Uh, if you become a Patreon member, you get access to our movie review podcast, Movie Left, where we uh, review politically themed movies. Um, we've done They Live, JFK. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, you didn't want to do the post for that, but I guess we'll find something else. Well, maybe we will. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind talking about that again. That's it, it's an interesting. Um, I, I want to get into some documentaries too for that that yeah. uh, podcast, some uh, environmental ones. But uh, oh, you can also check out our review of Bright, uh, the Netflix movie, which we just did recently, and that's actually up in our main feed, so you can kind of get a preview of what to expect from those podcasts. Because I I think those are actually kind of the most fun I have uh, doing these podcasts. <laughs> a little bit more free uh free flowing but well and you're such a film buff and and politics yeah yeah. it's like it's like the best of both worlds for me (laughs) so um but yeah if you want to check that out it's only three bucks a month uh to get access to those we're going to try to do those bi-monthly uh and if we get enough patreon supporters maybe we'll do one every week uh we get enough patreon supporters that's all we'll do (laughs) yeah really right um and that's patreon.com slash move left uh, you can check us out on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left. I am at a Montrulo on Twitter. I am uh, at a polybent, P-O-L-I-B-E-N-T. Yep. Check me out for uh, my uh, daily Chris Hayes slam of the day. <laughs> and um, we will be back next week uh, with Move Left Idiots.
There's insanity in the control room tonight.